Welcome everyone to the Grade Maker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. Hope you're doing well. Christmas is right around the corner. The holiday is a great time of year. Hopefully you're spending time with family and friends and loved ones. Just having a joyous time, you know. Maybe you have a little time off around the holidays. Catch up on some good wrestling watching. I don't know. But what I do know is the Grain Maker Wrestling Podcast is back with another fantastic episode. I was joined by another special guest. I've got guests lined up from now until the new year, and I'm very, very stoked to share all those interviews with you. Uh, I've been very fortunate the past few weeks, and I'm very thankful to be able to have people join me. So, um, side note, if you do hear some little tippy tapping or heavy breathing, that is because my I'm at my parents' place right now, and my dog is front and center sitting on my lap so she just wants to be a part of the show um but with today's episode i was joined by brat granny uh brat wrestles out in alberta part of rcw he's wrestled for cwe when they've done their western tours and he's also uh, made the trek to winnipeg himself to wrestle for them even on his own dime so he's really someone to keep your eyes on someone to watch for he's a lot of initiative lots of positivity and you know it was an absolute pleasure to be able to talk to him so we get into a whole bunch of stuff we talk about him and his family coming to canada at a young age wrestling training some of the matches that have meant the most to him and just learning all about wrestling so without further ado on the Grainmaker wrestling podcast barat gorani now, you're situated out in Alberta, but have you always lived out there? Uh, I moved here just before I turned seven. And you you are actually from Kosovo, correct? Yes. Yeah, I was born there. Spent the first seven years or so there. What sort of transition was it moving, uprooting your life in Kosovo with your family and moving to Canada? What was that like for you? Well, it wasn't our choice for us to start with. <laughs> uh, we had to kind of run away there from... Uh, we're under a war there, so that's a different story. But we ended up moving here, and we we were in Fort Saint John for a month. Okay, it was just a little refugee camp, and then uh, until they found spots all over Canada, and then they kind of sent us to Grand Prairies, where we landed up going. And uh, and we stayed in like college dorms until they could find uh, housing for us. Actually, oh, uh, wow. so that was kind of unique. <laughs> and yeah. Then, uh, <laughs> Yeah, then they finally managed to find some uh, apartments for the smaller families, houses for like, the bigger families and whatnot, and then school from there. And that was an interesting uh, culture shock, I to say, to go to school starting in grade two, because back in Kosovo, we had to be seven for grade one. Okay. So I haven't went to school yet. So a little joke I say is I skipped two years of school. <laughs> <laughs> and I went into grade two. <laughs> How hard of a, an adjustment was it for you and your family? I mean, because your whole life is being uprooted, moving to Canada. Were, yeah. Was it? Uh, did you at least have some community support? Uh, were you welcomed openly? I hope. Yeah, for the most part, we all got given like a sponsorship family, so to speak, okay. to kind of help us out in the beginning. And then, like even in school, we got given like a, an extra teacher to teach us uh, English, kind of a little faster, mm-hmm. to catch up to the other kids. 
So that was actually really helpful. Oh, definitely. And I think it's something that's uh, understated because uh, I think a lot of people just assume, you know, growing up as a, a first generation Canadian, but to, to make that transition over, it's not an easy one. And it kind of gets lost nowadays, I feel. Yeah, like it's, it's funny because like at the beginning, everyone's so welcoming, right? Until you become like, until you get become part of the culture. That's when you kind of get those other people who, when they find out you're not from here, may throw those kind of insults. Mm-hmm. For the most part, like everything was pretty good. Everybody was healthy and welcoming and whatnot. Well, that's good. And where did the love for professional wrestling come from? Uh, just randomly from my earliest memory that I remember was uh, my dad had got a job. And like right across from his job was a little like video game store called Toys. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I remember him taking us there and he's like, just pick anything you guys want. And me and my brother went in there and I found a VHS from The Rock. <laughs> and my brother found one of Stone Cold Steve Austin. So we picked those two. And like from how I remember it, it was probably like 2000, 2001, maybe at the latest. Mm-hmm. So we've been like a year or two since we had moved here. And like we were just excited and like hadn't seen anything like this before these guys are beating each other with chairs the way the rock dressed at that time the way he was talking because it was showing like their stuff from the attitude era mm-hmm. and we were just playing catch-up so like we dove right into that and from there on it went to like wrestling and breaking our parents beds so many times <laughs> going outside and wrestling in front of the apartment and like every friend we made in that neighborhood we turned into wrestling fans or they already were mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, it's something that it definitely it's for younger eyes the first time you see something like a larger than life character it just you're blown away by that it's so much to take in exactly the the way the rock spoke about everything back then right the way he had those flashy suits and jackets and stuff just something about that i was very shy when i was young up until like grade eight so it's like i talk a lot now (laughs) like i was a very shy kid so like the rock was like what I wanted to be like how to express myself. So that's why I think I was drawn to him a little more Mm -hmm. now. So what, what was it that made you decide to want to get into wrestling? Uh, I actually didn't decide until pretty late in life because I thought these guys were like movie stars. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't know anything existed of like independent wrestling. Okay. I had no idea what it was until I, until like 2015, 14, 15, when I decided to actually like look into it mm-hmm. because uh, I met a guy named Tex Gaines who moved to Grand Prairie actually. Okay. Uh, and he was bringing up his ring and everything in like 2014, 15. And when I went and talked to him and he's telling me there's wrestling all over in Edmonton and Calgary and like he's, they've had so many former WB guys show up there and like he trained with the hearts and like, I'm, my mind's blown. I'm like, what, this is in my backyard, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I've never known about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like I was mostly uh, focused in basketball growing up. Okay. And then like when I found that information out, I was getting to a point of age where like with basketball, every time I took a couple of steps forward, I took a couple back due to injury or what it may be mm-hmm. with work and outside life. So I was like, Maybe I look into wrestling and see what's going on with that. Maybe I can do this instead because it, it had never been an option for me because I didn't know it was there. Mm-hmm. And now that it presented itself, I was like, let's do it. Oh, for sure. <laughs> then, uh, the first option I actually found on was uh, like uh, Lance Storm School. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a little pricey to say the least at the beginning, right? And I was like, I was still in that like basketball or wrestling jump. So I wasn't 100% sure. So 
I met Tex Gaines who brought his company in Ring up to Grand Prairie, mm-hmm. which I jumped all over to try training right away just to see if I liked this, right? Yeah. And then they ended up putting a couple of shows there. I ended up refing a couple of them. And then things had to change. They had to move back to Edmonton. But I already had the itch. So that's <laughs> what made me decide, like, all right, you have to go through with this. Mm-hmm. Get online and book with Lance. The problem was he was so fully booked. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get into uh, the second session of 2018. So that's only like a few years ago. So, I mean, you're still yeah. still, still fresh into this. this. <laughs> so you contact Lance and he welcomes you into the, the camp. What was yeah. your overall impressions from uh, Storm Wrestling Academy? Um, see, I miss a lot of Lance's career. So it was only from highlights and everything. But mm-hmm. the way he was able to explain everything really made me realize that just because somebody isn't on TV all the time, so to speak, doesn't mean they're not a hell of a wrestler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like The guy at his age can still do everything. And his knowledge is very like fundamentally wise. I always say like going to a training school like Lance's, you're not going to learn everything, mm-hmm. but you're going to get your foundation. And like what you go from and you add from there is all up to you. Mm-hmm. Now like, I, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Right, sir? No, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask, I mean, from your class, was there still a lot of people you keep in touch with? I try to talk to some of them. Yeah. Uh, I have one who is wrestling with me currently. We're both in uh, Alberta, seeing Zoe Sager. Okay. Um, Carson Hiller is down in uh, Lethbridge, I believe. Uh, Cole Trafford is wrestling out in Nova Scotia. And Aaron Jake is out in Australia. I think that's it for actively wrestling right now. Mm-hmm. But I still talk to a couple of other people just here and there just to keep in touch. Well, that's good. Uh, now, I think one thing that is uh, hopefully people realize, but they might not, but the impact that Lance Storm has on Canadian wrestling, the amount of people that he's trained and have gone through his school, because a lot of people I've talked to have actually gone to Storm Academy. Yeah, a lot. And especially like here in the independence, not necessarily like, a lot of people have gone to TV and stuff, but like even independently, everyone you meet in the locker room, there's like two or three of us who have been trained by Lance. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of cool because he has every class uh, picture hung up on his wall. Okay. So I'm like going through there, like you go, oh, I've seen him. That's Tyler Green. <laughs> oh, that's Taya Valkyrie. Kind of thing. <laughs> or like guys I've seen in PWA where like Sean Moore's there, Mo Jabari. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I've seen these guys wrestling here in Alberta. And like it's just good feeling to see like people you know in there. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, yeah, and I'm here. <laughs> like, what's going to happen? It, it must make, like, if you step into the locker room, knowing that he has had such a wide footprint on Canadian wrestling, that you go into the locker room, you kind of know almost by the kind of person he is that the, uh, what he attracts. So you know that the, you're not going to get, you know, sort of the idiots that have gone yeah. through there. Like you can go into the locker room, you know, like, Oh, you were trained by Lance. You almost have that connection there to build off of. Yeah. There is a higher standard for the most part. Uh, That's what I was looking for. Early on in my match, I had a guy like, I was still very green after a match. Like, Oh, I thought you were trained by Lance Storm kind of thing. And I was like, well, should I was trained by Lance doesn't mean I'm going to be Lance Storm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. his expectations are a little too high, <laughs> mm-hmm. but then, and like, I don't know, just, for the most part, it has been positive, like you said, where someone knows, okay, you have been trained like by Lance. At least you know your fundamentals. You know what you're doing in the ring. Mm-hmm. So you shouldn't be bad. Yeah, that's you kind of took the words right out of my mouth the way you described it. Uh, 
so that's uh that's perfect there so yeah now what was the biggest takeaway you had from being trained by lance um i don't i don't really know because like the wrestling training stuff like that stuff itself wasn't new to me just because mm-hmm. i was training already mm-hmm. but like i was already doing like uh quite a bit of training but like mm-hmm. the main thing i took from that is just like the fact of uh to slow down and like not necessarily move slow and i'm still struggling with it that's why i still think about it is just to like let things sink in a lot more and like now that i'm uh being the heel work and stuff is really coming to i'm really reflecting more on that mm-hmm. so when i was a baby face i was still rushing rushing and everything and now it's like i'm really trying to let things sink in mm-hmm. but i'm still going a little too fast <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk about your first match uh yeah. Who was it with? Uh, it is a, not very well known. It was still while I was training. I got an opportunity a couple of weeks before uh, finishing training. I thought mm-hmm. I'd uh, ask if I was okay to have like a, you know, generic match. And I got told to go ahead. So I drove up. Uh, it was for PWA doing a little sideshow at a raceway in Wetaskiwin. And it was against their heavyweight champion, Sheik Shabazz. <laughs> So first match right away, you're facing off with the champ. <laughs> Started big, right? And it's only big. <laughs> <laughs> go big or go home. You know, you, you got to make the most of it. And the funny thing is, like, I actually have a funny story about it because I didn't even have gear yet. So I was still in training in like, like my basketball shorts and a shirt. <laughs> and uh, I go there and I have basketball shorts and they're like, you can't wrestle in those, man. What are you doing? <laughs> so I'm looking through my bag. What else did I bring? And I, I have these like the best way to explain is like leggings, mm-hmm. but they're like little tight like jeans kind of thing. I'm not even the jeans, but like sweats that you wear underneath, and they're just like space logos and sheets and whatnot. So I was like, I'll wear this. I'll just go out there in these. I don't care. <laughs> so I went out there in that, and then like uh, halfway during the match, like the fans don't know who I am. It's my first match, and Sheik Shabazz yells something at me because he sees I have a space tattoo and my sweats, and he goes, he's like come on, what are you, like a spaceman? And on cue, the entire crowd started chanting, let's go spaceman. And I was like, whoa, whoa, like this is a, that's kind of cool. <laughs> so that was a little plan for the future to come. <laughs> no kidding, because I mean, when I was looking back at your history so far, I saw that you started off as spaceman Barry Grayson. Yeah, I started off just as Barry Grayson okay. and eventually added that spaceman a couple, a little bit later. So I was curious as how the spaceman came about for that. Well, like I'm, I'm intrigued by space. I really like like the idea of it and everything. I got the, my arm tattooed with space, and mm-hmm. but like as far as a gimmick, it was definitely like Sheik mentioning it in that match, just calling me, and I realized that the fans were for it. So I was like, maybe this can be something I can do when I'm a little more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Now I, I mean. <laughs> For the most part, you've been, you know, situated wrestling in Alberta and you've spent a good portion with uh, RCW and uh, PWA. Yeah. Uh, talk about your time with those two so far. Um, PWA, I went to as a fan to watch and they had they had a lot of their wrestlers uh, from PWA and some from RCW came up for those shows in Grand Prairie when I was still training. OK, so I was lucky to meet a lot of the wrestlers in the room, uh, locker room and whatnot. So when I went as a trainee and as a fan, 
I was shocked that the wrestlers actually remembered me because I was like, I'm a nobody. <laughs> so the fact that uh, the PWA guys all remembered me and invited me to the locker room to talk to them and everything. And Kurt was there and he's like, as soon as you're done training, you can come. You, oh, nice. you got to stop. Thing. I was like, oh, I can't wait. Like, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. And from day one, like my basketball included all my sports coming up. PWA's locker room has been like the most professional friendly wise from top to bottom where everyone comes and shakes your hand felt like no one thought just because I was a newbie or something like a green guy, you know, Oh, we're better than this kid. Everyone showed respect. Everyone talked to me and I had no problem with that. And that's not to say anything about other locker rooms, but like, cause every locker room has been good, but just from top to bottom, I think PWA really like stuck out to me. And I was like, I have to wrestle for them. Mm-hmm. And then that was like my early on goal. And then with RCW at first, we weren't allowed to wrestle is frowned upon to wrestle in other companies mm-hmm. on the main town. So I was just doing little sideshows. But now with the uh, with the cold COVID thing, I've uh, been reaching out a little bit more, and it's been going really good right now. I'm having a lot of fun over there too, meeting getting to work a lot of guys I haven't had a chance to before. So it's been nothing but good so far. How were you able to deal with COVID? I mean, it it really did a number on everyone. And how did you keep yourself busy throughout all this time? It's actually, I might talk a little bit too much about all this, but like just as COVID was starting up, I was actually planning on moving down to the Edmonton area from Grand Prairie because I was tired of driving eight hours to Calgary alone, four and a half to Edmonton just for shows. Mm -hmm. So getting a little too much and I was really focusing on moving to Edmonton. Come the summer of 2019, or sorry, 2020, I uh, moved here in August, Mm -hmm. started work. And of course, COVID hit. And I moved here particularly to train as well. So mm-hmm. training shut down. <laughs> but I was working a lot. <laughs> uh, come the new year, training reopened. Mm-hmm. And I started going to training a bit in January. Come February, I break my heel in training. So just a couple, bit, just a little bit in there, I ended up just breaking my heel. So I was out until June, July. When I did that clandestine show two was my mm-hmm. first like, uh, or three, I think it was episode three was my first match back from breaking my heel and in COVID. So that was kind of like a welcome back moment. Mm-hmm. And ever since then I've been, I'm kind of like locked in and set here now. I bought a house here, so I'm not going anywhere. I can train a little bit more. Oh, perfect. Yeah, work has been crazy, but uh, COVID definitely had its dark moments. Uh, sitting at home for five to six months, watching everybody else wrestle. Well, I tried so hard to move here. Now that I'm finally here, I couldn't do anything. It it really does a number on you uh, mentally and psychologically when, you know, you see that happening and you're so close to it and you're almost there. So it's that was definitely my first like uh, mentally like challenge, like depressing moment in life. I can think of mm-hmm. was right there where like I was so close. I'm finally here, and just to watch that happen, I'm stuck on my couch. It was a lot of long nights. <laughs> oh, I bet. But I mean, you still have the support from friends and family to get you through that. Yeah. Yeah. I saw the, the friends that pull a clandestine episode two on YouTube there. And I, I was sorry, I just turned it on and like watching my friends and the people I knew wrestle, just, mm-hmm. I didn't even notice it. Just put a smile on my face. So to speak. Mm-hmm. I kind of was like happy seeing that it was my friends wrestling. And it kind of, cause like for a bit, I wasn't even watching wrestling. Right. I was just, you know, wake up, sit on the couch, go to bed kind of thing. Yeah. Self-pity and all that. And like that brought like the, the the enjoyment out of wrestling again, just seeing that, oh, my friends are still doing great things. Like 
I can't wait to heal and actually join them. <laughs> yeah, it brings you like in the one turning moment. Yeah, it brings you into that headspace. It kind of like something clicks and it's like, yeah, you're going to get through it sort of thing. Yeah, I definitely needed that. <laughs> so, now, I want to talk about, I mean, you, Spaceman Barry Grayson, uh, you made the change to Barat Gorani. Yeah. Close enough. <laughs> I've been I was practicing it all day and I was like I know I'm gonna fuck it up but no worries that's the whole gimmick right now <laughs> can't say my name right <laughs> let's talk what was it that uh made you want to do the the change um I think in the back of my mind it was always something I wanted to do I was mm-hmm. like the I can I tried the whole spaceman thing I wanted to be comfortable in the ring before I made such a subtle change like a big change I mean uh, I wanted to like know to feel like what, I know what I'm doing in there because I didn't want it to fail. I didn't want it to be like, oh, let's start with this gimmick I want to do. Mm-hmm. So I tried something else to see where that would go. And I enjoyed my time doing the spaceman thing, but now it's kind of like my idea, so to speak, is to do the whole uh, Barat Gurani thing, like the Sun of Kosovo, and like show my side of things. And like how I said earlier, growing up, like when people found out I wasn't from here, I did get like bugged a bit but now i'm just going to crank that up you know what mm-hmm. i mean like take my own real life experiences what i had and just show it out there and like let the people know that hey everything's not as it seems <laughs> mm-hmm. and i think that's a big thing is uh a lot of the great uh personalities in wrestling are when you you can take yourself but dial it up to 10 or 11 you know just to fully yeah. maximize that Exactly. Like I, like the whole, I'm not, I've never been out of space, like the whole space man thing and all this stuff, you know, like it was fun to portray it and all this, but like, I have been to Kosovo. I know what the life is there. I know what it's like here kind of thing. So I can, I'm slowly starting to bring more and more things out into the character. Uh, so it's kind of like more my ideas come into fruitation, fruitation kind of thing. Right. And like everybody else is just helping me how I can get it over. You almost feel more of a connection to the character as well yeah. because it's Immediately more yourself. to the connect to like the even to the fans who are now booing me i felt a better connection and like it just feels like it's me out there now instead mm-hmm. of like me portraying somebody out there kind of mm-hmm. in a way right? even though i'm just playing a <laughs> character out there that's crazier than who i am now uh, obviously i'm guessing just by the grin on your face that you enjoy being a heel more than you do a face it's, it was kind of difficult because I'm, I think I'm a nice guy. I like to be, I'm always smiling, always talking and laughing. <laughs> like a couple of minutes before I go out there, I'm like, hey guys, give me a second. I need to get into like an angry persona or a mad persona because like mm-hmm. it's hard. And I'm out there and like, I just want to talk while I'm out there, but it's, it's a little different, but I am really enjoying being kind of like, how you said a heel, a little meaner out there, a little cockier, <laughs> say things with not without like fearing. <laughs> oh, should I have said that or should I have not? <laughs> like what everyone doesn't know is the like you say you're you're a happy guy smiling and you've been grinning the entire time we've been talking. Yeah. So it is true. So that's another thing. Like, I, I always smile. So I'm like when I'm cutting promos, I'm like I gotta try getting rid of this smile now. <laughs> What's been the reception to uh, the Son of Kosovo so far? so far it's actually been really good a lot better than i thought it was going to be this early on um just a lot of at first it started the way i didn't want it i didn't want it to be just because i'm from kosovo and you guys are canadians kind of thing Mm -hmm. i didn't want that to be the reason they didn't like me Mm -hmm. but now like the whole like 
mispronunciation of my name just because their vowels are a little different. And I get, I play up on that. And like the things I do in the match, people are really like reacting in a negative way, booing me. And if I try talking on mic now, they just don't let me talk for a bit. And I'm like trying to realize, I'm like, oh, maybe that is something is working. So mm-hmm. hopefully I keep going in this direction. Oh, that's, that's incredible. And you'll have to give me the proper pronunciation afterwards, just so I can try to hit it properly when I do the uh, introduction for this. No worries. <laughs> now, is there any pressure? Do you find um, you're someone representing your country? Do you feel any pressure on yourself to younger generations? Um, I haven't thought about that one, actually, like a younger generation, so to speak. Uh, at, for a while, I wanted to be like the first to do anything from like Kosovo or Albania kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But then uh, Razars came up in NXT and WWE. He's from Albania. Okay. Uh, so he beat me to be the first, but now <laughs> I can say to be potentially the best. I don't know. <laughs> for the top. And if that like goes down to trickling to other generations, uh, just because we are from a small country and everything, I don't want people to think like, oh, no one knows about us. Who cares? Like, if you have an opportunity, take it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it doesn't matter where you're from. Like, that's not our choice. <laughs> it no, is my not. character, right? We were just born there. Mm-hmm. But realistically, it's all up to like the individual on how much they want to put in and what they want to do. Yeah, definitely. Now, there's a few matches that you've been a part of that I want to bring up just to get your thoughts on, because I think uh, some of the listeners might not be too familiar, but it's, I think you've shared the ring with some incredible talents and had some great matches and just you know, to get that out there. So Absolutely. It, I've been to like in BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan and Manitoba so far. Yeah, all with like CWE. So yeah, been, I've been trying to get all across Canada eventually. <laughs> you've, uh, you've done some of the CWE tours. I mean, you, you shared the ring teaming with and against Juventud Guerrera. Yeah. What was that like for yourself teaming with someone, you know, who's such a veteran in wrestling? Um, just before I ended up teaming up with him, actually, I had what I felt was that the best match of my young career at the time, just before I went on that tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was really feeling good out there. And then, uh, I, the card is subject to change. So that's how wrestling works. Mm-hmm. I ended up getting thrown into a, a two tag matches with him. Okay. And, uh, he had me go in there and afterwards the third city, uh, was a card, card change again. And he tells me, he's like, hey, I asked to work with you. I want to go against you. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like, that just blew my mind. But I was so early on, like, it was a one-on-one against him. The match itself was okay. It didn't live up to my expectations of what I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, even to him, after the – it was kind of like a backhanded compliment after the match. He said, how long have you been wrestling? And I was like, a year and a half. He's like, watching you when you were teaming with me, I thought you were in like five to six years. He's like, but when we wrestled, I kind of noticed you were a little greener. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm still like learning curves, right? It's yeah. a lot of like my biggest like learning moment. I've watched that match back to see like what I could have done better and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he was able to tell me like, hey, this is what I like. This is what I didn't like. This is what you were doing good before. And this is what you changed up a bit in our singles match was kind of like just being on the road with someone, even though they're, like WB stars or WCW stars, wherever they had been, like the fact that they were able to, when you ask to give you that kind of feedback says something about these people. Cause mm-hmm. 
we all think they're big stars and ego and everything. So just to have that opportunity for movie to be nice enough when I ask, hey, what can I do better? What have I been doing better? And even in the matches I wasn't with him, he still would watch and give you that kind of feedback. Mm-hmm. So really good guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, someone, a lot of guys, you know, they can go in, wrestle these shows. And, you know, if they are a bigger name, like they could just do their match and that's it. But to be able to get that feedback to know what you can work on or what you're doing, you know, not necessarily right, but, you know, some of the more positive things, it's only going to help you out in your career. It's true. Like, I think uh, I've had a lot of people say, like, I can't watch my own matches back right away or something like that, like along those lines where, like, for me, I watch it back because everything's fresh in my mind. And, like, I really liked, like, the deeper criticism because for the most part, I'm in the ring. I know what's working, but, but I may not necessarily know what's not working. Mm-hmm. So those are like the fine tuning things that people may think is like being harsh or something, but that's the moments that I think really help me as a performer learn and like mm-hmm. to know what I should do. It doesn't mean that I'm going to like take all that and just be like, Oh, I'm going to do everything they said, mm-hmm. but I may try one time and be like, Oh, it works or oh, that's not for me. Right. Mm-hmm. So without criticism, I don't think we get better. No. And that's the thing you're, you always have to be constantly learning to be able to, to better yourself. And then I know you had also teamed with Jimmy Jacobs and uh, faced off against Sean Martins and Brian Johnson. I had, yes. Another good guys. <laughs> yeah. It, those, uh, those are some solid matches there. Yeah. That was actually a fun match. Like uh, Brian again was the first guy I seen first time he walked in, walked straight to the ring, set it up, mm-hmm. helped set up without saying a word. Uh saw us training in there we were doing rolls and stuff he slid in he started doing rolls and bumps with us when we started like offering feedback to some people is when he chimed in he never was like hey i'm the guy from tv you guys do what i want to do kind of thing right Mm -hmm. straight up good guy and i actually had a match with him earlier like a 10-man tag match Mm -hmm. and after the match he just pulled me aside he's like hey do you mind if i give you some feedback and he Thought I like how you did this little thing. And from that moment on, we ended up driving a bit too together on the road. He just like would be down, like I said, like Hoobie to watch my matches and give all kind of feedback. So when I finally got that opportunity to work kind of in a two-on-two where it's more of us in the ring, I had to like pretty much jump all over that. I was like, oh, I'm so down. This is going to be a good <laughs> match. And on the other side, I had Jimmy Jacobs, who is a unique guy, to, <laughs> fun guy, mm-hmm. who I kind of talk with and everything, but also great mind for the, for like wrestling, like things I had never thought of what cute. And he wouldn't just tell me like, Hey, why don't you try this? But like, he'd tell you try this for this reason. Right. Mm-hmm. So his mind, and that's probably why he was a writer, <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> something else, Some things I had never thought about. I was like, Ooh, what? I can't believe you think like this. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's, I mean, when you see someone like Brian Johnson, he comes in, he goes, helps set up the ring, even though, you know, he's on TV or whatever, gives you that, uh, the feedback and not just, you know, unwarranted, but like, you know, Hey, can I offer advice sort of thing? Yeah. And being able to talk and drive with them. I think it really, it's, you know, kind of boost yourself up a bit too, to know that like, you know, you're on the right track and to keep pushing forward. Exactly. Like how I said, like if, if I wasn't doing anything good, maybe they would have just pushed me aside kind of thing. It's kind of like you said, you're on the right track and it's like a feeling of like, I might actually belong here, you know, like we all have that doubt in the back of our mind. Like, do I belong here? Am I doing what's right? And then to have somebody like that, just kind of like offer you that feedback, kind of like 
reassures you okay you're on the right track at least mm-hmm. <laughs> you might not quite belong yet but you're on the right track <laughs> situated in alberta you've mentioned being wrestling in winnipeg with cwe what was your experiences like coming to winnipeg and wrestling here um it was actually like i need to get my name out there so i kind of just uh flew myself out there the first time actually oh wow like, they're gonna offer me this i can't always be like I'll wait for these tours and maybe I can go out that far. But I was like, why don't I just go take a couple of days out there? Mm-hmm. And the first time I went, I just flew out there, did two shows. I think it was at the Rocky show. Yeah. Uh, so that was actually really good and got to see the city a little bit. And most of the guys there I had met from uh, doing the tours. Mm-hmm. So it was, it went really good and it made me actually drive back out there later on. I think it was in 2019 for four more shows out in Winnipeg this time I drove <laughs> not the long drive <laughs> oh, as, as soon as you get to Saskatchewan it's just boring no offense to anyone yeah, in Saskatchewan it's but it's a straight, tough drive straight, and it was night and everything so <laughs> <laughs> so I have to ask because I mean you as much of uh, a wrestler as you are you are still a fan yeah. what are some of your favorite matches just that you've watched on TV um I was when I think of these, like Randy Orton is always one of my favorites that I like to watch. So like mm-hmm. that first uh, uh, first time he won the world title against Benoit in 04, mm-hmm. I vividly remember because I went to the theaters to watch it when I was a kid and everything. And like that was my favorite guy still. And just seeing that moment, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, is the match I kind of have to go back and watch. Um, him and Sean, uh, Randy and Shawn Michaels, I think, in Vengeance of 04 or 03. There's another match I have in my history that I go back to watch as well. I like what the, the story they tell in that. And then uh, more recently was that, again, Randy Orton versus Edge, that backlash match. Oh, Even yeah. though it might have not been the greatest wrestling match ever, I thought it was a hell of a match. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the presentation for that one was, uh, it really made it something special. I thought it was a lot much better than the, uh, the WrestleMania one. So now in that same vein, what are some of your favorite matches that you've been a part of? Um, see, I don't think I've had like my best match, so to speak so far, but mm-hmm. like favorite was, uh, going back to Grand Prairie. I think it was like the first, second time, I think. And it was my first time I teamed with Psychosis, who was okay. actually my favorite cruiserweight growing up. And then uh, it, we went against AJ and Alex, the ace, the tall guy from Spain. Mm-hmm. But AJ is always great to work. And I had a lot of fun in that because I teamed up with Psychosis. So when I went out there and watched him make his entrance come up to me, I kind of just I had the chills and the shivers before the match. And once the match started, it went all good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So like it may not have been the greatest, but that was actually a, like a good memory I have. Uh, a match I liked in the ring is uh, at a fourth show just before I went on that tour with Hoovy. It was against Reed Matthews. I had at a fourth show. I think it's on YouTube there. Uh, that was actually a match I felt pretty good at that point in my career. About mm-hmm. it made me gave me quite a bit of confidence boost before going on the road again. Now I got two more for you. Then I'll let you go. You can enjoy your evening. No worries. If uh, I like to ask this question because it's everyone has a different answer, and I mean there are no wrong answers; it's all subjective. But if you could change one thing about wrestling, what would you change? That's a good one. <laughs> um, 
I don't know. That's I've never thought about that one before. You're really putting me on the spot here. Um, I'll try thinking of something here real quick. It might might be might have to do something with like size, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, like just because somebody is a certain size or a, a look. Let's go with look. Mm-hmm. So somebody looks some way, they have to play a specific character, or somebody looks one way, they have to wrestle a specific style. That is one thing I've never really been like, like I didn't really like just because like, give me what you want to give me wrestle the way you are comfortable with or what you've been working on. Just because you're a shorter guy does not mean you necessarily have to do cruiserweight stuff. Uh-huh. Don't go out there and be this powerhouse. <laughs> like, <laughs> Show me what you want to do. Like wrestle any way you want. And same for a big guy. Just because you're a big guy does not mean you have to just be a big, strong giant. You know, if you want to do the cool flips and whatnot, go ahead if you can. <laughs> No, I everything in between that. So, and like, if you look a specific look, just because like, let's use gender. Just because gender is from India does not mean he should play a heel, right? Mm -hmm. He can play whatever he wants, right? Mm -hmm. And same as for myself. Just because I'm from somewhere else, I started as a baby face, and it had nothing to do with like where I was from. Mm -hmm. I I think that speaks volumes because I mean, you see someone like you know a Keith Lee, for example. He's a, a big guy but yeah. he, he can still do those flips, those high flying moves. Yeah. It's, it's something that you almost, you should be promoting because it just shows the, the difference about with everyone. Yeah. So. And I think everybody should have that option to show like their own style of what made them a fan, so to speak. Like if this is what you want to do, you should be able to do it. Not just because, Oh, this is what you look like. You're in this set group. We need you to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Now, what's next for you? What do you got coming up for uh, towards the end of the month and heading into January? Um, as of right now, I am just wrestling pretty much every weekend at RCW for the Edmonton shows. Okay. Uh, occasionally, I can make a weekend out in Calgary. Um, the For 2020, so far, all I have is booked is March 5th at the Saddle Dome for PWA. Uh I we did the first show in the Saddle Dome actually after the Bret Hart Appreciation Night mm-hmm. uh, on November second of two thousand twenty. So it's like two years in the making. So that's going to be big. Uh, Bret Hart would probably be there again and first company independent company back to back shows in the Saddle Dome. So <laughs> that was actually quite the quite a memorable feeling. <laughs> how how excited for that one are you? Extremely excited because I think now that I'm more comfortable with my character, I can show this part of me out there. I think it's going to go a lot better than what it went before. Sure. And now where can everyone find you online? Here's a chance to plug all of your stuff and get your name out there. Uh, this is a hard one because I just switched. I just switched like my social medias handle. <laughs> so now I got to go look at them real quick. <laughs> my Instagram is uh, Berat Garone 7 So that's B-E-R-A-T. G-O-R-A-N-I and then seven. Simple. I don't care if you pronounce it right when you look me up. <laughs> and then uh, on Twitter, it's uh, KS. Perfect. So, and like I said, now that I'm doing this kind of uh, persona, I guess, I'm a lot more active on social media than I was in the past. Mm-hmm. As I finally figured out that if you really want to get people's attention, you should be trying to look for it. <laughs> Definitely. Brad, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. No problem, man. Thank you for having me. And hopefully I make it out to Winnipeg to some show so you can come out. Thank you to Brad for taking time out of his busy schedule to sit down and chat wrestling with me on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. 
Check him out on the upcoming RCW shows, the PWA shows that are coming up in the new year. And if he's on those CWE tours when they head out west, make sure you stop by, check him out, say hello. Great guy, great guy to talk wrestling with, and it was just a pleasure having him, having him on the podcast. So thank you to him, and thank you for checking out the podcast. I truly appreciate it. It means a lot to me that you take your time out of your day to sit down and listen to me ramble about wrestling. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. If you're new to the podcast, find me on Twitter, at GrainmakerPod. Shoot me a follow. Let's chat wrestling. Love talking wrestling, talking with new people, so find me on there. Emails, GrainmakerPodcast at gmail.com. Drop me a line, questions, comments, concerns. You like the podcast, you want to see a special guest on here, let me know, and I'll do my best to uh, get them on. Up on Facebook, Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. I rarely update it, but it's there. And up on all the podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that stuff. If there's one you want it on, it's not on, let me know. I'll do my best to get it on there. So thanks again for checking out the checking out the this week's podcast. I appreciate it. Until next time, we'll talk soon.